Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Darren Tabernum Weekly Podcast Show, where we coach people from the inside out. We'll help you to create an unstoppable winning mindset and in turn, empower others to do exactly the same. Hi, folks. So in today's episode, I've actually got seven questions that get commonly asked uh, about losing weight, getting fit, um, and I thought I would just address each of them one by one. Um, I'll give you all seven first of all. I'll be nice and brief and to the point to make this easy listening. Um, But how do I stay motivated when I feel so stressed and busy all the time? Um, I've got another one. Uh, Do weight loss uh, dietary products actually work? Um, I've got, is a low carb best? Um, is whey protein bad for you? Can I eat uh, plenty of eggs? Will weights or lifting weights make me big? Um, I think I'm an emotional eater. What should I do? So they're kind of the questions. Um, so let's just get straight in and try and answer some of these. Um, the first one is, how do I stay motivated uh, when I feel so stressed and busy all the time. So the first thing is is to make sure that we are motivated versus um, searching for some encouragement and some kind words to get through difficult days. Because if you remember from previous editions, motivation is a big thing. Uh, motivation is where we get crystal clear um, on what it is we want. It becomes an absolute priority because we have stamped in um, succinctly why it's so damn important to us that we uh, achieve this thing. And therefore, if we're motivated and it is a priority, um, we will prioritise the time um, to accomplish it. Um, So I guess the first part of this question is to revisit whether we are indeed still motivated. So it's trying to quieten your mind and meditation will be great at this point to calm the mind quiet the mind and feel a bit more relaxed so that after that meditation um, you can calmly um, try to put aside the stresses and what's otherwise occupying your mind and following a meditation that's going to be easier for you Um, and reevaluate just what you really want in terms of your fitness and most importantly the why if you can just think of three powerful whys for you as to um, this journey to get fit, to lose weight. Um, and when someone doesn't have any whys, it's, oh, I just want to look better. But when someone really spends a bit of time thinking why that's important, and they answer it with perhaps, because I want to feel comfortable and confident again in my own skin. And they answer it because I want to show up as a better mum or a better dad and I'm currently showing up in my life. I want to answer it because I really want to prioritise myself in my life because um, I know that when I do, I will better serve those that I care for most. But when we get to deeper stuff than just because I want to look better in the mirror or because there'll be a reason just because, um, that will help us because in those times of feeling stressed or being really busy, um, why is stand out? in our minds and they drive us. 
The second part is to remind ourselves of that because if we can convert our why into perhaps um, a vision board or um, post-it notes or uh, a daily ritual of every morning um, letting ourselves know today is going to be a good day morning affirmation and reminding ourselves as to why exercise or why eating healthily is important to us today um, then this is a daily reminder that we can do this and if you remember I've talked about conscious and subconscious mind our conscious mind knows that we want to lose weight and our conscious mind knows that this is important to us because of the following whys xyz but it's not our conscious mind that runs our daily programs um, it's our subconscious mind so what we need to do is to repeat what we want and as I've said now a couple of times why it's so damn important to us repeatedly because through repetition is how our subconscious mind starts to believe that and when the subconscious mind believes that's true why and what you want um, it will start to be able to notice more opportunities to be able to find time to find ways to accomplish the things you're going to do and will help you whereas whilst your subconscious mind just believes that that's not something that's really important to you what's really important to you is what you mostly run through your mind which is how stressed you are it will help you to be more stressed and how busy you are it will help you to notice more busyness and how unable you are to find time to exercise it will ensure that you continue to to not find any time to exercise so it's about repetition and therefore visual cues really going to help um with that um so I said motivation when I feel stressed all the time. So it makes sense to try and deal with the stress because remember, stress is a perceptual phenomenon rooted in psychological processes, meaning that often there's things in the environment, whether that's work or whether that's children or whether that's a clustering of smaller things that contribute to this bigger feeling of stress in our life. When we start to break down what those stresses are, it helps us to see that there's a number of um, uh, stresses or causes of stress out there that we could perhaps look at a bit differently and try to address in some way. And if we could just find some ways to tackle one or two of those, it can help to overcome that stress. Again, meditation is massively going to help with this. Um, we could spend probably a whole podcast talking about stress, which maybe we will. Um, but that stress and busyness is kind of what we need to, to, to address now. Um, you might consider VFit coaching as a, an app uh, that might help you with that because it teaches how to, how to meditate. It teaches six uh, power habits uh, to instill or install into your life to, to help to, to see through uh, the motivation that we can get through answering our why questionnaire um, to, try, to try and make a difference. But that's number one, really. That's some thoughts on number one. Um, how that helps. But uh, the next question was, do um, do weight loss dietary products work? So the answer to this one is, no, probably not, and they can be dangerous. So is there research to show that your caffeine-loaded, um, metabolic-boosting, uh, fat-loss-type pills and potions can be harmful to you by raising your heart rate and causing heart problems yes as evidence that actually don't work any better than a placebo so um they don't actually have an, an influence on you yes um but actually is most 
um, of the claims of these products, uh, non-research based, absolutely, meaning um, there just isn't, there just doesn't exist um, very many properly randomly controlled trials to test any of these products that you can see in the market to see if they're effective or not uh, for us to know. And therefore the conclusion would be, it would be crazy to purchase and to use such products. There is some research that shows it doesn't work and there's some research to show that it can be dangerous, especially if there's underlying heart problems, uh, which you may or may not have. So in a nutshell with that one, uh, it does not make sense to risk and to take stuff that probably doesn't have any effect anyway. It makes far more sense to focus on what you know actually is the problem, which is, for most people, um, not being disciplined enough in terms of um, your nutrition. And that means sometimes spending more time preparing, planning, and uh, preventing yourself from getting involved in mindless eating. And if you think about that, um, clearly even if the truth was, which is not a weight loss pill, can increase the amount of calories that you burn a day by raising your heart rate and helping you to um, burn a few more calories at rest than um, not taking the pill, it still wouldn't tackle the root cause of the problem. There's a question at the end I think was on that, so we'll we'll go there shortly. Uh, is low carb best? No. Low carb um, is not best. Um, low fat is not best. Um, there isn't a best, and any low anything is not really what we're going to do. We, this must be moderation because we're talking habits. Um, if you're talking short-term results, anything and everything works. So the orange diet works, which is you have one orange for breakfast, you have two oranges for lunch, you have two oranges for evening meal, and you have an orange before you go to bed. Clearly it works because there's just not enough calories coming in, and therefore your body uh, loses weight, and therefore it works. So if we're talking what works in the short term, low carb works, low fat works, low protein works, low calories works, um, it, it all works. Because all we're doing is in the short term, we're preventing them, our body from having too many calories coming in, uh, therefore there's a calorie deficit that's been created and therefore we lose some weight. Easy. That's not the challenge. The challenge is hardly any of any of those approaches work longer term because all that happens is the body goes into stress. Remember, stress uh, isn't just necessarily psychological stress. You have a physical stress. So when you put the body into a state of stress um, where you've got a massive calorie deficit, in this case, you only had one, two, three, four, five, six oranges, um, it responds. And it responds um, in many, many ways, but in most um, low-fat, low-carb, um, extreme approaches, um, what happens is um, our body ends up storing more fat in the next period after we can't continue with that extreme approach anymore and we end up a lot worse than we were to begin with. The only way to be able to uh, lose weight in the longer term is to create new habits and a low carb habit is not likely for anyone. Uh, let's just define low carb. We're talking 20, 40, keto, light, and a bit more type carb intakes. So what's the better question? Should I reduce my carbs and moderate my carbs within the realm of moderation, but at the lower um, ends 
of moderation to help me to better control my insulin to help me to uh, lose weight? Yes, probably. Should that be coupled with so that I don't feel hungry and therefore um, emotionally eat and um, and struggle on, on, on a plan that's supposed to last a longer term? Um, by eating more or something else? Yes, probably. What's the more or something else I should be eating? Probably a bit more protein. Should it be high protein? No. Should it be on the higher um, end of moderation in terms of protein? Yes. Um, should I eat fats? Yes. Should I have donuts? Obviously not. Should I have fats that have um, essential fatty acids in them, like the omega-3, omega-6, omega-9 fats, such as maybe a handful of nuts if I can stick the discipline of just having a handful um, maybe um, using olive oil on a salad maybe having um, some oily fish maybe having um, a fish supplement or omega-3 flaxseed uh, oil supplement or similar um, should I have um, avocado um, or um, more seeds in my diet um, all of those things uh, contain those essential fatty acids yes if in doubt is a good quality omega-3 supplement a good idea yes is the research to support that yes is the research to show it's bad for me no is it just guesswork no so there will be a supplement that's proven to have many benefits um, if you are concerned about not getting enough of those omega-3s in um, hopefully that's okay so yes you could probably have controlled carbs um, but going low anything is just not sustainable and that would be my warning if habits is the way we want to go four is whey protein bad for you so there's some stuff that, can, that knocks around people say like your liver or, um, or your kidneys um, can it cause you know problems so no um, for the vast majority of people don't have any major underlying problems um, um, and, e- and even I say that it's like I don't mean to say that there are some problems that whey protein powder would not be a good a, a good a good idea for or pea uh, based um, protein supplement um, the reality is for the vast majority of people when we're, when we're considering like a protein shake a day not five like but a protein shake a day um, to try and give us one uh, the extra bit of protein that we probably need two a convenient and easy way just to have a feed or a snack between meals three to help recovery if we want to try and train again because we're into our training um yes very safe very effective um nothing wrong with having either a whey so an, a, a, a a milk-based protein um supplement or a non-dairy uh, based protein supplement the non dairy based protein supplements just gotta be careful have a look they're usually quite high sugars and carbs um, whereas um, some of the isolate uh, whey proteins are filtered in a way to to, to get them nice and low with the um, with the sugars slash carbs um hope that's okay with that one five can i eat eggs yes are too many eggs bad for me not really um so obviously if you're having yeah four eggs for um, scrambled eggs in the morning and I'm having three boiled eggs for snacks during the day and then I'm having a, an egg-based uh, omelette in the evening um, okay it's quite a lot so you can end up having quite a lot of cholesterol which is in the yolk of eggs um, is it actual cholesterol in eggs that gives us high cholesterol no so what gives us high cholesterol H- high saturated fat diet as in the rubbish in our diet um, 
the body produces cholesterol itself. It has to produce cholesterol because it's an essential nutrient for the body. It's involved in all of those steroid hormones, for example, that we need for our bodies to work properly. So our body produces cholesterol, and um, we also can take cholesterol in, um, in our diets. If we take cholesterol in our diets, the body just produces less cholesterol than it did before. If we don't have enough cholesterol coming in our diet, no problem, the body produces what it needs. So it has its innate ability to be able to make sure it's got the right level of cholesterol. So having some eggs doesn't make a difference. If you find that you're having quite a lot of eggs, not unreasonable to have perhaps, um, if you're going to have a three egg um, scrambled egg breakfast, perhaps just have one full egg and a couple of egg whites. Um, if you're concerned that you're having a few, um, because in a white of eggs just protein, you don't have the fat. Um, hard boiled eggs are great snacks actually, just to actually do a batch of hard boiled eggs so that when you want a snack, um, that we can grab something that's healthy and a hard boiled egg is a great choice. So not a problem having a few eggs each day. Um, obviously if we're into extreme, then maybe just go for some whites and always having the, the eggs of all of the eggs. Will um, lifting weights make me big? So if you lift it like daily and sometimes twice daily on a split program with um, lots and lots of, of supplements supporting you too, um, yeah, it can make you bigger. If we're talking not really pushing myself to extreme when I train and not doing it like twice a day, but doing it maybe just two or three times a week, no, not really. Um, so what's the concern there normally? So it's usually from a female um, who doesn't want to get too big and like muscular looking. In which case, in the absence of very much testosterone, uh, it's almost impossible to get big. And therefore, even if someone was training every day, so six days a week, say, doing resistance training, if you're a female, it is very unlikely that your body's going to be able to put on very much muscle. Um, there are some body types, so if you have that square sort of body type rather than their sort of pear-shaped uh, type body type or the hourglass type, uh, body type. So if you have a quite a square um, shape to you, there is possibility you might be a bit more prone to putting uh, on a bit more muscle than, than others, which is you know few and far between are built that way. Um, to be fair, um, however, the vast majority are we're talking two or three times a week. Um, there is not a problem um, because you just don't have the hormones in place to be able to enable that. So why do resistance training? Well, there's several reasons why all people would do resistance training, and that is. Um, especially whilst losing weight, it preserves your muscle mass. So the purpose isn't to put on muscle. Doing it two or three times a week is to be able to make sure that muscle isn't lost as mass is lost. Because what's going to happen if someone is trying to lose weight and they create a calorie deficit, so there's less calories coming in um, than going out, the body's going to lose some weight. The weight it could lose could be um, fat mass, which is what we want, but it could be lean mass, including muscle, which we don't want. And if we're doing resistance training on a regular basis, uh, it will be much less likely to be muscle that's lost and much more likely to be fat that's lost. And therefore, that's the primary purpose of resistance training. The second purpose of resistance training is, um, well, there's probably three purposes, the big ones for weight loss. The second one um, is whilst we do break down um, fibres of our muscles, um, and that's what happens when we do squats and lunges and pressures and pulls. Um, what happens is in the next um, couple of days to follow, and the body is recovering. So in the session, we actually cause some microtrauma to the muscles. And in the next two days, 
uh, the body recovers from that. And in the regrowing of those muscle fibers to recover is where we burn far more calories than what happened in the actual session, which is why it's really good. Um, what happens is those muscles and those muscle fibers end up being stronger, but they don't particularly get any bigger. And therefore we end up getting stronger. We have a nice shapely body because body fat is being lost because we're basically care of making sure that's what's happening. And because body fat is being lost, we see a bit more natural shape to muscle and it's got a nice tone to it, meaning when we touch it, it's as firm because of the distance training that we are doing. And why is all that relevant? Because um, this is, is probably one of the goals that, that, that people strive towards to have a better looking, stronger, more efficient, uh, better performing uh, body. And that's what resistance training contributes to. Um, should the weights be light? No. Should they be heavy? Yes. Should it be super heavy? Not necessarily. Um, in other words, it should be enough to create overload, meaning that there's a force or a repeated force through muscles that are above and beyond what those muscles have been used to, and that's what creates the micro trauma to the muscle fibers, which requires the recovery in the next two days to follow. If we don't do that and we just go, say, lightish or moderate, um, and we go through the motion a bit, then there aren't any fibers that um, are damaged, uh, but there is no need to recover in the next two days, in which case there's not a great deal of benefit to be gained by doing that. Um, and then the seventh question was, I think uh, I'm an emotional eater, what can I do about it? Um, so for emotional eater, I think what that really is saying is, um, I eat a lot of my calories, not because I'm hungry, but because I'm experiencing uh, a ver uh, variation of different emotions. What are those emotions? They are probably, I'm bored, uh, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, um, I'm, I'm unhappy. So there's these emotions that come over us. And as those emotions come over us, we seem to have created a habit. And the habit is um, the stimulus or the cue is the emotion that you're feeling. The response is to eat. And the reward is to feel pleasure. So what's happened is over time now, we have built up a reward pathway in our brain. And the reward pathway is, I feel bored. I'll just pick bored, but it could have been stressed. It could have been anxious. It could have been lonely. Could have been any, any emotion, so just substituting your emotion and when you think about um, what's causing your emotional eating. I feel bored, um, therefore, when I'm bored, I wander into the kitchen and find something to eat. I go through my cupboards, I find something, I eat it. My brain releases dopamine and it says I feel good. And therefore, when we've done this enough, um, it craves having that food source uh, when you're feeling bored when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling lonely at night. Um, so the first thing is um, we need to affect that relationship between those three variables. So one option, um, try to um, change the environment so there aren't unhealthy options for your emotional-based eating. And instead, you have some healthier options in the fridge for your emotional-based eating. You've pre-thought, pre-planned that some chopped up carrots and some kind of dip or um, a boiled egg or something that um, you know would be um, a much healthier option so that when you've got that trigger which is I feel really bored, anxious, stressed 
um, you go into that mode of looking for something, you find something that's just a much healthier choice, which satisfies the need as long as the dopamine produced. And the issue would be, well, if you were grabbing chocolate or some cocoa pops or some something that you have that you know isn't very healthy, of course the brain's expecting that and that's what produces dopamine. And it's not getting that, it's getting a carrot. The risk will be there's no dopamine and therefore we're going to have issues because you still have the craving. So we need to reward ourselves in the moment to saying, well done, that was a really good choice. Um, because when you actually let yourself know and try to create that feeling of, 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 um, of joy and of uh, f- feeling that that was a, a job well done, uh, that can create some of that dopamine. Um, so and it's to be in the moment. And to begin with, it'll be, it'll be difficult and it, and it won't work great. But when you repeat it and you repeat it, it's going to grow because it's just chemistry. So eventually on the you know, sixth or seventh day of doing it or time of doing it, um, there, you grab the healthy thing, um, you tell yourself that was a really, you know, uh, really good thing to do. It's really great for my uh, diet plan I'm on at the moment. Um, that it's really good for uh, feeling uh, happy and, and healthy myself. Uh, and hey well done then we can start to produce a bit more dopamine the other way to do this of course is to um, substitute um, the actual behavior for a non-food based behavior because if it's not hunger really what we want to do is to actually deal with um, what the, what's the cause so if the emotions boredom it's trying to sit down and think well what could I do when I feel bored um, that would help me to uh, deal with the boredom. So it might be that if it's boredom at work, you go and talk to a colleague. If it's boredom at home, you phone a friend. If it's, um, um, again, another example of boredom at home in the evening, um, it's to find a hobby or find an activity um, or to walk the house or to check on your children. So it's trying to be consistent and to choose one or two that you think would work for you. So that when you feel that boredom, you break the pattern of now going to use food to fill the gap. So the response, you actually fill it with a different behavior that's got nothing to do with food. And again, it's just through repetition. Yes, it's not going to be easy to begin with. But if you do it and you do it and you do it, what happens is through repetition always, the subconscious mind then starts to believe this is the way you deal with it now. Um, if it was uh, feel lonely, um, so again, if it's loneliness, um, there could be a process of reminding yourself of all the things that, that are good in your life and connecting and the connections that you have. It could be connecting someone there in the moment. Um, if it's anxiety, stress um, in the evenings, which is causing you to, to eat again, it's trying to put a gap, it's trying to count to 10, it's trying to have some water, it's trying to just put a bit of a gap between feeling really stressed and the current response, which is eating something. And when you put a bit of a gap through chewing gum, through drinking a glass of water, through um, taking a walk, through breathing for 10 seconds, whatever it might be, can just break the pattern um, of the conditioned response of eating. So the question, what do I do because I'm an emotional eater, is recognize that this is your subconscious in control. It's running a well-rehearsed program. We need to break the program. And... We break the program by removing the cues in the environment or um, trying to exchange the response in the middle for a new response. And if it's non-hunger based, ideally would be a non 
eating-based response. But then remember, whatever it is, we must instantly tell ourselves, well done, that was really good. Um, because when we start to praise ourselves like that, it doesn't matter if it doesn't mean much. It's not the quality of the reinforcement. It's the quantity of it. Because when you reinforce it enough and tell yourself, hey, well done, just whatever you just did um, to break the pattern, um, your subconscious mind is always listing in. And once you've done it once, 10, 20, 50 times, who knows how many times you need to do it to break, to break the pattern. But if you do it enough, what will happen is you will no longer crave the food at all because you've broken that pathway and you've created a new. And when I feel anxious, stressed, bored, lonely, this is what I do. And when you do it enough, your subconscious mind that's, knows that's what you do. So it doesn't send out those cravings for food anymore. That's just... Um, obviously, hope this has helped. Just going through those questions. Um, I've certainly enjoyed you going through them. And I'll speak to you again next week. Remember, that site again, if you're interested in VFIT, uh, that's just vfitcoaching.com. Uh, see you soon.